This Three Beards Media podcast is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. Just eight short years later, in 2020, Revelton Distilling Company was opened, offering an entire family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, where you can sample one of their many spirits, including four gold medal winners. Can't make it to Osceola today? Not a problem, as you can pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery stores. Follow Revelton Distilling on Twitter or Instagram at ReveltonDC or their website, www.reveltondistilling.com. This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes, and if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! Would you like to sample some of my nuts? to a new episode of old man strength i am your host this time we're going to switch things up chris shipley and my co-host and talented what can i say i'm not very good at this uh i, I got hung up when i said talented because <laughs> you're like i'm already lying i, I don't even know where to lying. go from here yeah that's right ladies and gentlemen tim johnson <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. That was uh you almost made it through that without uh laughing outright for calling me talented, but but I very much appreciate it. Well, I'm already doing better than you. See, I haven't insulted you at all. And <laughs> <laughs> that's not normally how this podcast goes. Uh we are broadcasting live from the Betfred Studios. Uh Betfred Sports is our new uh studio sponsor, and of course, we are primarily sponsored by Revelton Distilling. And when trust mortgage, Tim, I know you've had kind of a whirlwind week. How are things going for you? Uh, things are crazy. Uh, new people at work to train, uh, some kind of personal family things going on. I'm trying to buy a house. Uh, I don't sleep. My eating is all out of whack and I am not taking care of myself in any way, shape or form. So things are really good. Honestly, thank you very much for asking. Yeah, they sound better than normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I got three teeth pulled yesterday and somehow rallied and still went to the ISU tailgate tours. So, uh, yeah, um, I, w- I wanted to ask about that. So three teeth? I've had, I've had some throbbing teeth pain for about three weeks now. I was supposed to go have them extracted, but then I lost my job that whole, that oh, whole three months before right. I lost my job yeah. and I couldn't afford to pay for it. So I got this new job. I thought I might try to get rid of the pain and of course the only day they could do it was the same day that i was going to go to the isu tailgate tour so somehow i made it i powered through but i think i would take that over buying a house but but well i was gonna say i don't i don't know i the process right now has been basically like pulling teeth but still three teeth yikes well i will tell you and we'll get to our guests but i will tell you quickly when i signed the papers on this house that we're in now I once signed a piece of paper during that process that specifically was for me to guarantee that I would sign additional papers at a later date. Oh yeah, that's that that's absolutely what this is. Like, yesterday, <laughs> I, like I I apologize for being distracted. I literally have to sign. I thought I was done signing documents before tomorrow when I sign more documents, but I literally <laughs> have to quick and sign a document here. I like I had to I had to somehow. First of all, I don't know how you prove you're not someone. Yeah. Uh, right. But like one, one time I was like, well, no, I, I appreciate, uh, that you think I might be that person. However, I was not born in 1954, so I probably <laughs> cannot be, uh, my, <laughs> my mom was telling me when she, when they refinanced her, her their home re uh, like years ago, 
uh, she had to bring in a non-relative to vouch that she was not <laughs> the the uh, owner of debt on a horse farm or something like that. And like, which I don't, like, I don't even understand if that works. Like, I can find plenty of friends to lie for me. Right. Right. Like, yeah. how, how is non-relative making this any better? But I had to prove yesterday that I was not the Tim Johnson that just got a uh judgment against them from the federal government for $280,000. So um, uh, I'm not, I'm not, that's more than, than the you house know, I'm for, buying is, but for half of that, I'd have vouched for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to, uh, we want to get to our guest tonight. Uh, so I will let you kick it off and introduce our guest. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to this person. It's somebody that I've followed for uh, a number of years. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter, and he's a great follow if you care anything about uh, Iowa sports. Uh, if you really care just for an interesting commentary on a lot of things, he doesn't just tweet about sports, uh, although uh, he does a great job with that. Uh, someone who has been... Uh, actually both a Hawkeye and a Cyclone in his lifetime, uh, which is a rarity for the Polarizing Podcast Network that we are. Um, but we are joined by the Cedar Rapids Gazette's Rob Gray. Rob Gray, welcome to Old Man Strength. Nice to join both of you. Um, you know, you were joking before we got on that you guys don't know what you're doing. But I mean, I, look, you've got... Because the podcast is important to you, you've got this great setup. I'm using the little camera in my uh, in my old MacBook Pro. You know, I mean, I, you've got a nice blurred backdrop. Kind of <laughs> you got, I mean, the, the lighting on you is magnificent. And for me, I look like a, I'm, I'm kind of blue because it's not the greatest resolution. But I'm not blue. I'm mostly tan. I'm doing a lot of gardening and uh, yard work uh, this year. But no, it's 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 great to be with you. And um, yeah. So interested to see how where where this goes. <laughs> we are as well. It's always a crapshoot whenever we hop on here. There's no <laughs> amount of lighting that's going to make me look good. So, yeah, so Rob, per, yeah. Uh, Tim gave you uh, a brief introduction, but why don't you, for uh, listeners and, and watchers that that aren't familiar with with some of your background, what you uh, fill in the gaps. Yeah, so for uh, I'll do I'll do the thumbnail uh, from beginning. I was born in Ames, Mary Greeley Hospital. So was my wife, incidentally, but I didn't meet her until I was thirty three. Oh, wow. um, you know, we have two kids now, and we live in Ankeny, but born and raised in Ames. Uh, my mom went to Iowa, and my dad went to U and I, and you know what that means. <laughs> grow up, it's a hot thing. <laughs> so, uh, but I like this. I mean, being in Ames, I like the cyclone, but it was kind of fun being the one guy who, you know, 80% was against. So whenever Iowa wanted in football, that was a lot growing up at a certain age and, and, and beyond to be the guy to rub it in their face. And then boy, if they, you know, got us some one in men's basketball, they'd rub it in my face and it was kind of fun. But, uh, you know, now I'm, certainly technically not a fan of anything. I like to say as sports writers, we root for A, fast games, and B, uh, <laughs> generally, um, you generally want the teams you cover to have some measure of success because it's no fun when you're writing the same story about what went wrong, what went wrong, what went wrong. The future possibilities tend to open up and and all of that. So um, had some good runs with Iowa State uh, in recent years, but I started out the Des Moines Register uh, right out of late, late, late getting my journalism degree after I'd gotten a broadcasting and film degree at Iowa, hence the Hawkeye, then Cyclone. I got the journalism degree from Iowa State's Greenleaf School, and I went straight to the register. They kept me on um, mostly for features. I covered just about everything I could there. If, if you want to look at a modern analog for this old man, uh, it's Tommy Birch probably. Um, so and I just burned out. My kids were young. 2010 layoffs had started. I'd, I'd done, I, I learned how to garden, frankly, because of an unpaid furlough. So I have an unpaid furlough, which sucks. But I, I was like looking in the backyard. We had a couple of trees. I'm like, maybe I could plant a flower or two. 
So now I'm an avid gardener. So I got something out of that, but uh, left the register on my own terms. Uh, went to the Gazette for a while, tried PR, did not work uh, with my personality and uh, went to Cyclone Fanatic for a while. I have a great relationship with Chris and Jared and Connor and Jackie and so many people over there. And then it just worked out that a move back to the Gazette would work out, would, would be best for me in terms of getting more full-time outside of the football season. And uh, yeah, right for the Gazette, the, the Lee newspapers of Mesa City Globe Gazette, you know, Waterloo City Falls Courier, Quad City Times, and some of those. And it's uh, it's been fun. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I talk about a lot of crazy things I've done in my life, and maybe we'll get into that. But that's kind of the thumbnail sketch of me as a as a as a lad, all the way up to me as now a 23 year vet in the uh, sports writing business. So what what made you decide right after getting your film degree that you wanted to get a journalism degree? It didn't. What did not make me decide? It, it took a while. Okay. What made me decide is I was uh, I was really into film, and so I was acing. I, I almost flunked out of Iowa. By the way, I partied too much the first like semester, and you probably and the first are, yeah <laughs> the first two okay. years probably. Uh, yeah. No, you partied too much all semesters, Chris. Let's be fair. <laughs> no, 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 no. First three semesters, then I, then I straightened up. You didn't know you were going to graduate on the way to graduation. The truth that that is a true story, by That's the way, Rob. I'm going to go ahead and believe it. I'm going to go ahead. And believe it. But anyway, yeah, my, I mean, I, I, I really just was a party maniac, and and I, I couldn't get my GPA up enough to get back on track the journalism degree at Iowa and. Again, film, but always fascinated me. And I did everything. I did all the European film, the silent film. I mean, I could break down film in so many ways, tedious and um, how would I put it? Uh, uh, Hoity-toity or highfalutin ways uh, and boring, you know, just probably infuriating ways to the, to the layperson. Um, but once I was done, I'd been in enough of those classes with a lot of, frankly, what I thought were pretentious people. I'm like, holy crap. If I want to keep doing this, I got to move to L.A. I don't want to go to L.A. I have no desire to go to L.A. And since my sister has moved there and she's married to someone in the industry, um, and I love going to L.A., but I was like, I'm not doing that. So I bummed around, did some painting jobs, just saved some money, went to Europe, taught English in Prague in the Czech Republic, did a lot more party in there. Uh, some of the best months of my life uh, in terms of fun and backpacked in Central America for two months and uh, uh, just was really kind of trying to find myself by challenging myself in different ways. I'd never been out of the country and that completely changed who I am, being exposed to other cultures. Whether European is close enough to us, but far, but uh, being the fact that it was Central and Eastern Europe, mm -hmm. it's not like I was walking around London uh, you know, when you're talking Prague, you're going to Budapest at times, uh, Bratislava and Slovakia, uh, etc. So in the Central American trip changed my life too. I mean, all the things I learned to scuba dive. I'm a certified scuba diver for life. Uh, I don't know how I'd do if I decided to go again, but uh, <laughs> I could do it. Um, and I kind of found myself, not, well, I got to do something with my life other than travel because Painting and traveling isn't going to probably lead to the type of existence that I want long term. And I was able to get in at Iowa State with basically a year and a half to go because of all the classes I'd taken at Iowa, including above and beyond. The, 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 the upside for me being a partier and having terrible grades the first year and a half or two years is by the time I was done, I had to take so many extra courses. I almost had enough uh, <laughs> to have a master's in film study. Um, so I'd done, done a lot academically and I learned how to be a three, five student more or less. And, and that's what translated to Iowa state and, uh, graduated from there and was fortunate to get placed at the register, um, by now retired Mark Witherspoon, who worked, uh, in Iowa state for a long time, a long time guy at the Dallas morning news, um, you know, got me set up there and away I went and all those other stops, uh, long winded answer, but, uh, I wanted to fit in a little bit of the other stuff to say, it was not an A to B transition. It was a lot of uh, meandering, wandering, and, and a lot of fun, but a lot of uh, you know, sobering experiences too to, to kind of sort life out. 
Yeah, that wasn't long-winded at all. That was amazing. I had no idea you would kind of live sort of the most interesting man in the world lifestyle for a little bit there. I, uh, I had my moment. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you get uh, your journalism degree, you spend time at, at the register. Um, you like you're just a just an Iowa boy through and through. Um, I've lived in Iowa almost my entire life. Sure. Um, I, I thought for sure I would never come back to Iowa once I started traveling internationally, that I would go work somewhere else. But, you know, when you land at the time, you know, the register was a fully staffed, um, healthy circulation paper, um, that was kind of a destination. And once I got out of, uh, the first couple of years of, uh, you know, financial purgatory. I mean, I, I could make at least <laughs> okay money, you know, and, and in this industry, okay money is great money mm-hmm. compared to most others. So um, then I met my wife on Ragbri. Um, oddly enough, I knew her parents before I met her. I oh, partied funny. with her parents wow. before we met. And, uh, you know, just serendipity or whatever uh and it's it kind of kept me here and i covered a lot of things i covered mostly high schools when i was at the register and you and i um you know did a little iowa state and iowa here and there but i mean the high schools were a big beat then Mm -hmm. i was the main like uh high school uh boys high school um uh basketball writer and did a lot of football and other things and and um you know covered you and i in the national championship game in chattanooga when at Eric Sanders, uh, you know, feel, feels like a long time ago because it was, but, um, you know, didn't really start covering Iowa State a lot until my first stint with the Gazette. And then, of course, with Fanatic and now back with the Gazette. So that's been about a 13 year span where I've been pretty, pretty, pretty uh, intimately associated with, uh, with covering the Cyclones. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned earlier as as a writer, you want sports to a get over quickly, <laughs> and b to not have to like want want them to have success. Um, over your span of covering the Cyclones, you've seen uh, in a lot of ways both ends of that spectrum. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you just get far more interesting stories from people in a better mood. Um, so when they have success. You just and and you know COVID was a whole other hurdle. I mean, one of the mm, one yeah. of my best traits is being able to dig in and do long feature stories that get at aspects of a player or a coach or people that, that most people don't know about and do it in a in a skillful way. Well, when COVID happened, I was getting what everyone else got. I even went through a period where I couldn't ask questions on the Zooms because my microphone was broken on this, and I wanted to record with my phone, so I was asking <laughs> questions for a while. Um, now that's come back around a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen what was really a tough time was the last few years of roads mm-hmm. and then, okay, who's this Matt Campbell cat coming in youngest coach in FBS. Uh, you know, I remember the day he was announced and it was like, boy, this guy sure has got an it, fa- an it factor to him. You know, yep. The way that he carries himself, the the enthusiasm with which he speaks, and uh, year one felt like an extension of Rhodes last year. You know, they went to the game at Iowa, got embarrassed. I know Campbell let them know about that a little bit, but I feel yep. like that first year of Campbell was kind of like a year in which they figured out, a who do they want to keep in this program, and who do they want to jettison. Yeah. And who can they possibly build around? What type of culture can they build based on, on for, you know, Rhodes built a great culture, but at the end it was frayed and it wasn't just because of the losing. I mean, the, the, the depth was never there, obviously. Yeah. And that's what, that's the most amazing thing that's happened under Campbell, that they have depth at all positions. Um, I'd never seen that at Iowa State in my entire life, even McCartney. Right. I mean, you were one injury away of, Oh no, this guy that's going to have to come in and play defensive tackle probably shouldn't even be playing at Indiana State. So, um, a lot of hard times. And when and when it's two and ten and three and nine, the story is like I said, what went wrong this time? What went wrong this time? And it's usually 
one or two or three things. So you, <laughs> other than senior day, where you can kind of be like exploring people's lives, that's the talk, right? There's yeah. no success. So then when you bring some in, and I think Campbell once said that it almost came a little bit too early in 2007, just in the terms of the way guys didn't really know how to handle it. But the, yeah. but the first year getting the Liberty Bowl and the, the landing and laying Ram stuff and all that. I mean, <laughs> it was um, it was interesting to see that corner turned a little bit because they did things that they hadn't done before, like the Oklahoma game. I mean, yep. it, 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 you, you could tell that stuff was going to happen that, again, was unprecedented at Iowa State. And since then, yeah, last year, last year was unprecedented in a sense, too. I mean, I've never seen a team give up 63 points and 370-some yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, there were so many yeah. ways that what could go – if it could go wrong, it would go wrong, not only to a T, but, like, spectacularly wrong. Yeah. Um, but the talent is still there. I mean, the 7-1 score games. <laughs> so, yeah, lately yeah. a good amount of success, including in uh, men's and women's basketball and wrestling on the rise, but definitely some lean years in there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you, you talk about uh, the the depth. So, obviously, you know, Chris and I, growing up in the 80s, suffered through the Kreiner and Walden and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, and we we had Coach Mack on the pod, and uh, you know he was kind of the first, the the one that kind of turned the corner to where it gave Iowa State fans hope that like you can actually find success at a school like Iowa State. You don't have to just resign yourself, but like the recruiting angle that both uh, Coach Campbell and like Coach TJ uh, have have brought, like we're now getting. And both of those sports uh, classes that we've never seen anywhere close to. Yeah. And I mean, especially obviously TJ with the most recent class with Omaha Bilyeu and Milan Musilovic and, 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 and others, I mean, what ranked 11th by the 247 composite. I mean, that's just mind boggling. And then you go and get the three great transfers and Pavletsky yeah. and Gilbert and, uh, and uh, Curtis Jones. So, I mean, they're, what TJ's done, someone needs to write a book about because his strategy by necessity had to be a little bit like Fred's in a different era where Fred was like one of the uh, uh, trailblazers in terms of building a team up based on transfers because he had to if they wanted to try to get success pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the transition year, they had Deontay Garrett and all that, but <laughs> they had to bring some guys in and there were high level guys available. Now it's a bit, A, you can be a bit more selective, but also now with NIL, NIL in the mix, there's certain guys you are not even going to be in, in that aren't even going to be in play for you. Mm -hmm. they, they're really good at finding the right kinds of guys, existing relationships with most, if not all of those three guys coming in. And, and, and then you bring back a guy like Taman Lipsy, who I think overperformed what anyone's expectations were by a lot, um, offensive challenges aside, um, his, his ability to get in there and keep, the defensive rebound and, and keep that ball alive, tip it out to other guys for a point guard is elite. And so, um, you know, to be in line to possibly go to an NCAA tournament for a third time in a row, have the sweet 16 the first year after coming off two and 22 and, and what had happened at the tail end of the prom era is borderline miraculous. And, and as you mentioned, coach Campbell is bringing in guys. Yeah. They're not ever going to have a top 11 composite class, but consistently you know higher than it's ever been and the three-star guys two and three-star guys they get they develop really well now not maybe as well on the offensive line recently and that lead it's just some changes there but a lot of positions i mean and finding diamonds in the rough like well mcdonald who hadn't played football very long and mm -hmm. they get in on him and and, and look at what, who he develops into not only as a player but as a person so yeah. really good philosophies for both those guys which is we're going to establish a culture we're going to find guys that fit that culture we think fit that culture and they've been pretty good at uh at, at uh at hitting on on, on in, in terms of uh who they go after and and the fit last night uh i was at the isu tailgate tour and they you know coach Fennelly was coming up top 10 recruiting class for him uh, and then we talked about TJs and, and somebody at the table last night 
just mentioned that wondered maybe if some of Fred's success wasn't as a result of having TJ on that staff and was maybe Fred not as successful as we think just based off of that. I mean, you look what he does at Nebraska now. Uh, any validity maybe to that argument, do you think? Well, I think there's no question Fred is a heck of a coach, but TJ was an integral recruiter. And again, I mean, also a, a really good basketball mind and a guy who is humble enough to not say, I've got a way, or this is the type of team I want to have and period, that's it. You, you know, he came in knowing the only way that first team would have success. And who knew that Isaiah Brockington would become an elite scorer after just being a guy at Penn State right. that showed flashes. Um, and to have some of those guys pop off a little bit. But again, the offense was pretty dreadful that first year. But the defense was something like we've never seen, at least since probably Tim Floyd. A little mm -hmm. bit of Lee Stacey probably too. But hmm, they, they knew the only way they'd have a chance to have a winning team is to build around that. Because what do you get when you build around defense and toughness? You get the kind of guys who are going to buy in and be leaders and work hard, do the things that you need to do in order to succeed as a program. So I don't think that's going to change. And I think, yeah, DJ was integral to, to Fred's success. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He was integral to what success McDermott had too, which mm -hmm. they talk about a hamstrung. Yeah or a hard luck deal from Luca to, uh, you know, Wes Johnson leaving the way he left. And I mean, they got players. Yeah. You look uh, at they the couldn't keep them or, or, or something would happen. It, it, it just, um, and you know, TJ was a big part of that. His relationships back in Milwaukee and the twin cities, we're seeing that in the three transfers coming in and, you know, down into Kansas city, they've got guys. I mean, you know, the staff he put together, Kyle Green, genius move to get him at Iowa State and, and everyone else there. They've, they're filling their roles extremely well. So, again, a long-winded answer. But, I, I mean, yeah, Fred deserves a lot of credit because he did put together an, an exciting brand of basketball. But TJ has been – his fingerprints are all over any bit of success Iowa State's had in the last decade. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the number of NBA players that that Greg had. It it's actually, I think, when people take a step back and look at that, Fred maybe only had a couple more NBA players on his rosters than 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 Greg did. Uh, it was just a matter of being able to put together the X's and O's with the recruiting talent, and and maybe that's something that I think Fred did well. Like Fred operated a little bit more like a CEO. Yeah. In that, that, you know, I get the right people in line. I get the right, you know, staff in line, the managers in line and the employees in line. And I, I show a vision and we're good to go. Whereas TJ is more like a, you know, general manager, like diving in type of thing. It's, it's very interesting to see a little bit of Greg and a little bit of, of Fred in TJ. And, um, uh, uh, I think also just his demeanor is probably the funnest thing to me because uh, he never looks happy, which is the best thing about him. Yeah. <laughs> never looking satisfied is the uh, the epitome yeah. of a good coach, I think. Well, the best sure. thing is, I mean, Fred Fred has a great sense of humor, by the way, if you ever saw it on, on display. I mean, it's kind of offbeat. I was good friends, or I'm, I am, but I haven't seen him in a long time with his older brother, Steve, who graduated the same class, who's a heck of a baseball player. Mm -hmm. um, he had, we, we both enjoyed kind of offbeat sense of humor. And I think Fred's got that a little bit. TJ has a lot of fun when he's like, he'll deadpan. Hmm. I was at a press conference and I said something like, uh, what, what does it mean, you know, to, do something at a school like Iowa State or something, you know, it, it just kind of a, I don't know if I was uh, inelegant. It was inelegant. Now I put it in TJ, just kind of looked at him. He goes, what do you mean a school like Iowa State? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, there's no school like Iowa State. And that's why I love it so much. And then he went into the answer and he'll do stuff with Mady Peterson, you know, the long, the 50 plus year registered reporter, um, you know, <laughs> giving him a hard time a little bit and having fun. So he has that. Yeah. I see the crossed arms and the scowl kind of thing yep. going on. But uh, I think uh, he definitely has a, 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 a wry sense of humor 
uh, I, underneath that veneer. Yeah, I, I, I just love the fact that that the men's and women's basketball program uh, uh, has a father-in-law, son-in-law dynamic. Like not in-law, but I mean like player, like dynamic. You know what I mean? Like he's literally married to a player that played for for Bill Fennelly, so he's got that <laughs> this this double, like he. It's so fun because we've we've had Bill on the pod, and uh, to me, Bill is the most elder statesman of all Iowa State coaches in in every way. He's had this super long career, this super long, uh, you know, level of success, maintained level of success, and he took over when like Iowa State had like five players on the program, and what he's done and how he's maintained it. And there has to be a part like where TJ is like the hot name, and everyone's talking about him, and all these things. But he probably still always has to kind of look up to Bill in a certain way, because because he's you know he's married to one of his former players that like he he's probably always kind of looked up into a certain way that he probably has to have this you know as confident as he can get he has to be like sheepish sheepish about like all of that and he, like he still knows where he is in all of those things. Yeah, I mean for sure, I think there's a a very good. I hadn't even thought about that. That you know. Obviously, Allison, TJ, the other and Bill, of course, has been there. I mean, my, my favorite Bill thing, my favorite thing about Bill, just as an aside, is A, he's very funny. And B, he will trot out the same story again and again. <laughs> and he doesn't care. And you know it might be coming, but you might get a second wrinkle after that. Um, like the one about he, he has the framed uh, stat sheet from his first game that he is in it, the, whatever the attendance was, just a sparsely attended mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And um, always to remind him, you know, of where it started there. And, and the stories of him going out to all these places saying, hey, what's it going to take to get you guys? Some, here's some tickets. Hey, you want to come watch us? Come watch. Give us a chance. I mean, he had to be a, a salesman as much as a, as a coach. And uh, I think that deepens his love for the place, which yep. obviously, like the process, loves him back as well. Um, if you love it, uh, be, uh, I mean, his record speaks for itself. And I, I, I don't tell you what how many times when I had to write on deadline. Now that deadlines are so early, I don't have to do a whole lot on deadline anymore where I'm working quotes in anyway. But that guy saved a decent story because I knew I could just say, <laughs> Bill Fenley narrowed his eyes and and uh and cracked a thin smile or something about like and then you could set you could set a scene that puts people there and he'd give you the greatest quote and he could just slap the score in there and you you're you're off and away and you could do your story like that (laughs) yeah like yeah i used to always say that any sports writer during the johnny Orr era didn't have to do like any work whatsoever yeah <laughs> yeah, probably done, yeah, yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Right, right. Like, like Johnny Orr, all you had to do is say, "So, coach, tell me," and stick a mic in front of him, and you would have had an entire series with the with the quotes. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think it it just is a testament to to Coach Fenley when you hear people like Dan McCarney, who was on the pod, say that there should be a statue put in there for him. TJ, the way he speaks about him. Even last night, uh, I was editing uh, Side of the Storm with Marcus Pfizer and and Brent Curvey, and Marcus uh, was talking about uh, Bill Fennelly and how he was the goat, and how when he was there, I think it was the uh, the two the year two thousand when they both both teams won the Big Twelve championship, yeah. and he said I would watch his women's team and it would inspire me to work harder because I was afraid Coach Fennelly would be disappointed in me. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, kind of a kind of a a nice thing and a profound thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 really impressive. And yeah, that yeah, not only regular season but the conference tournaments that year, right? Too. I mean, yeah. Two thousand. We 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 thought all the computers were going to melt down and uh, and and, and <laughs> the world was going to end. Uh, but instead, Iowa State uh, probably should have won a national championship in men's basketball, but for some home cooking in the Palace of Auburn it's, Hills in the Elite Eight. Instead, Coach Eustachie melted down. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we'll do, we're going to take a break here uh, from Revelton Distilling Company. Uh, check out uh, them. They are releasing their second edition of their rye this weekend on Saturday. It's a distiller's edition and it's only down there at the distillery. Uh, so I was lucky enough to grab two bottles at their first edition. So, uh, but let's go ahead and get a word from uh, Revelton Distilling Company. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. All right. Thank you very much for that word from Revelton Distilling Company. Uh, we are still joined by Rob Gray. Rob, uh, I wanted to ask you one quick question, circle back. You were talking about the transition time with uh, Coach Rhodes and Coach uh, Campbell. So I, from an outside perspective, it looked to me that Rhodes was, he was kind of spent. And I almost think he thought that the writing was on the wall. There were a couple quotes that he had. I vividly remember the quote that he had um, when he said, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to beat Texas. And he yeah. said it out loud. And I thought to myself, man, you can't, you can't say that stuff out loud. It's almost like, Hey, you should be grateful for what I'm giving you now because we shouldn't even be in that game. Yeah. And I, I have a different memory of, 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 of Campbell's first. Yeah. We lost at Iowa. It was bad. But I felt that second half of that season, we were in every game and yep. we competed. And I got the impression from him, hey, I don't care where we're at. We should not be embarrassed out here. And we should we deserve to be on the field with them. Thoughts on that? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you saw the – I think like any good coaching staff, and he's, and he's, of course, got John Haycock, great defensive mind there with him. A lot of the guys, Eli Rashid, have been there for a long time, Coach Veit, um, et cetera. Um, they know how to build success and they'll tell you flat out. I mean, Campbell's candor. Remember when he got in trouble or from, as an aside uh, or a tangent with Brady Quinn, because mm -hmm. he, he yes. made a point to say, oh, no, no, we don't come out and say our goal is to win the big 12 every year. It's because yeah. it's more nuanced than that. If we do things the way we're supposed to do things, we are going to be in line to do that every year. We don't just say, here's the result we want, and then we're going to tailor everything to, the re to get the result. We're going to do all the things that we should do in order to get the result we want, not the, not the reverse. And that it was so asinine that that was, oh, he doesn't want to win the Big 12. Imagine going up. That's just that a, that a Notre Dame, presumably graduated from Notre Dame, could actually think that is mind-boggling to me. But again, this is Campbell. I mean, he he once made it kind of clear that he probably thought at some point he was going to be a high school teacher and a yeah. football coach. Yeah. Well, and he would have been fine with that. Well, and, and hey. also, uh, Brady, I'm sorry. I don't know anyone who really respects Brady Quinn's opinion on like any, I don't even think Brady uh, Quinn respects Brady Brady Quinn's opinion on a whole lot. Like I, I've never thought, you know who are the deep thinkers in college sports right now? <laughs> Uh, Brady Quinn. Us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's us, Rob. It's us. You know yeah, I mean, everyone that? has their moment, but that was just a, a dumb thing. But it was just the illustrative of, of, of Campbell doesn't care what you think about his methods. No, he doesn't he care doesn't. if you think they're corny. He doesn't think you, he doesn't care about any of that stuff because he, you know what he learned throughout his entire life from Division Three Mountain Union or working with his dad in high school? They work. You yeah. know, they work. And, it's funny. Yeah. Sorry, it's funny that 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 quote came up tonight because before I was, I came down here. My wife and I were were watching uh, Tuesday night's episode of Ted Lasso, and not to spoil it, but 
after the game, the rival coach from Manchester United came over to him and, you know, he said, hey, you know, we finally won one. And that coach, his reply was, is it's not about losses and wins, coaches. It's about having the best version of your players. It was the exact quote that was in Ted Lasso that tonight. Wow. It's funny. It's funny. I know that apparently Manchester United does not care about winning I don't I'm, know, whatever, whatever I'm, 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 I'm only the winningest, what, what, the winningest right. franchise. Yeah. In the right. Yeah. I, I just I, found I, it funny because I was like, holy smokes, that's the exact quote that Matt Campbell used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Th- thank you for uh, ruining Ted Lasso since I'm behind, Chris. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm behind too. You've had I, two days. You've had I two days. I would have loved to have, have, I'm trying to buy a house. <laughs> I'm not watching Ted Lasso. You settled that. Unfortunately, there's not much suspense. <laughs> what makes Ted Lasso great is the characters, the writing, the warmth, uh, yeah. the depth. Uh, you yeah. kind of know what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's So it's not suspense. It's. Uh, I, I, I cried a little bit in tonight's episode, and, and everybody knows me. I don't cry. Um, well, I'm, I, I'm gonna too. yeah, I was gonna say so. I uh, because, like, wasn't he wasn't he on the show supposed to be like the Wichita State Shockers football coach or something yes. like that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he literally, like, he literally is a prototype of like a your humble Midwestern coach. Like, that's the part they got right. Like, like the whole goofy dancing in the locker room thing was very Fred dancing in new york and in the locker room and and like his his humility about making players into better players and not caring about wins and losses type of thing is a very matt campbell like there there is i it has not been lost on me that there's a lot of iowa state coach parallels in in ted lasso and i know that probably every school can probably say the same thing no i don't know but there's there's, yeah there's there's no there's no rick patino there's no nick saban there's no I, i mean even coaches i like like uh like mike leach there's none of that in ted lasso there's more of the campbells and 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 uh and and like hoybergs or tjs like there's a little bit more got some really good villains too um i wanted to say one thing about chris since i went on the tangent and we were still on it for a while there the end of roads was really a sad time because i don't know if i mean you talk about somebody who loved coaching for iowa state Paul Rhodes loved coaching Iowa State football. It meant a lot to him. And I think ultimately why Paul Rhodes, and, and I'll tell you what, the, the 2012 season, that could have been an eight or nine win team. But yep. Jake Knott got hurt. A number of things happened. Um, that could have been, you know, what, one of three teams to maybe win nine games. But Paul Rhodes grew up in Iowa. Paul Rhodes was the son of a high school football coach in Iowa. He knew all about Iowa State. And what do you know about Iowa State? Iowa State, as Campbell, as Campbell would say, would say. Uh, was a loser program. And it's hard not to be, have that inform you as you coach that team. Which, yeah. why would you? Know, he was celebrating the shutout over Texas by saying, there's no way this should happen given the disparity in recruiting we have, right? Yeah. He, what, you, what you mentioned. <laughs> it didn't dawn on him to think, you know what? Maybe we should. Right. Maybe yeah. Texas, yeah. Right? Um, I remember him talking about uh, how hard it was to, to, to build a decent defensive line. Yeah, they got some players, but again, they'd never have depth. <clears throat> and of course, some of those players are problematic, like <laughs> David Irving and, and Rodney Coe. Um, it, it, it was almost impossible to recruit a, a, a big 12 caliber defensive line teams, Iowa. And what did Campbell and Rashid and Haycock and company do? They've got the best defensive line by far Iowa state's ever had. And it's a constant yeah. and it happened by year two. Um, so in a sense, I think Paul was hamstrung by his idea of what a ceiling for Iowa state was. Having been around it his whole life, I mean, right. when he's coaching elsewhere, he knows what that's happened in Iowa State. Yeah. And Campbell came in and immediately said, "What? Who are these people? What? Why do they think they can't do this and this and this and this? Why? Why? Because they hardly ever had. Yeah. And even when McCartney got the nine-win season, they got trounced. At least two of those other games, maybe three. 
Yeah. Uh, I remember that Oklahoma game. They were down like 28 nothing in the first quarter. It was like, hey, we're going to – we're Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I always talk about yeah. that. Like That first one, I still call it Copper Bowl, even though it was the Insight Bowl that first year. I still call it the Copper Bowl because that's what it was before then. But then they're – yeah, they still lost to Oklahoma like 55 to 10 or something like that. Like something <laughs> silly. Like I would rather have – like for an Iowa State fan, I would rather have like – a seven win season where we're competitive in every game than a nine win season where we beat up on, on like Kansas. And at that time, a bad Baylor team, it, the Baylor is the most enigmatic program in the history. Sure. Uh, but um, like, yeah, like we were, we were never like the, the two years where we could have been the big 12 North division champs uh uh, we had no business with that because we couldn't hang with the Big Twelve South anyway. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't right. anywhere close, right? Like, but to find someone that really went, no, that's not what this is. Like, it, it's like you said, it's a, it's a matter of living up to or down to expectations. Uh, and it, as much as I'm reticent to compare uh, a young guy who is younger than me. And Matt Campbell to <laughs> to a guy who is older than um, Jesus and Bill Snyder. Uh, I, I think they kind of cut from the same cloth in that they just say, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what the history is. I don't care that I'm in the middle of nowhere. That's not how this works. You don't have success because you're in. I mean, look, I live in Minneapolis. The fact that many that University of Minnesota teams are so piss poor in so many sports. Like Iowa State should never out recruit Minneapolis in anything. We have a right. billion more things to do than Ames. Mm-hmm. But think about how many players, like in basketball, who have been recruited away from Minnesota, Royce White, Gabe Kalsher, all these players. I mean, Jake Sullivan even like yeah. got recruited away from Minnesota to Ames, Iowa. That's not about what you do in your off time. That's about what you do on in your on time. And your on time is practice, and it's about culture, and it's about all of those things. And Matt Campbell is uh, just so good at that. Yeah, he is. I mean, you, you see it in his in his players. I mean, really, in, in each of the past two seasons, you could argue the things that he hangs his hat on. You know, detail and and, and all, and uh, you know doing the little things they have done poorly in those things especially last season yeah. uh and certainly i would obviously uh, you would say underachieving from a result result standpoint in brock's final season where the close losses mounted up a bit and they couldn't get out of their own way on special teams a couple times and things like that but it's an, people think that that's indicative of some sort of i mean you have runs of bad luck and and, and you know who knows that you're going to have to rely on a true freshman kicker because your offense sputters every single time you get in the opponent's red zone and he's got to hit pressure kick after pressure kick. You, you, you Any kicker can go on a bad streak if, yeah. it, if it gets in their head. And, uh, Ru- uh, Ru- Rob, I live in Minnesota, so that means I'm a yeah. Viking fan, So which means <laughs> I understand – that means I understand a very good kicker getting in their own head in a crucial situation. Yes, yes. I get that. More than or, one. Or, <laughs> or a whole franchise. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I know. I but like that's the thing. Like people always talk about Matt Campbell being the hot name because, you know, he can coach, he can go coach here, he can coach there. He's going to be every 30 minutes there for a while. It seemed like he's going to go to this place, he's going to go to that place. The only franchise at this point that I'm worried that Matt Campbell is going to go to is is the New York Jets because apparently that's like <laughs> all cyclones at this point. Right. <laughs> let's, let's uh let's go ahead and and take our our real quick break for Wind Trust and then we've got about 10 minutes left. I want to give uh the Wind Trust uh question of the pod and then uh we will hit the Steph Copley segment and then we will let Rob go. So we're going to hear uh from Wind Trust right now. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. 
Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. All right, we're back and uh, we are now uh, where we're going to ask uh, Rob Gray our Wintrust question of the pod and Tim, I will let you take it away. All right. So, uh, Rob, the question that we ask um, all of our guests, uh, you can you, you've got a DeLorean and you can travel back in time mm. uh, and you can go find Rob Gray from 10 years ago. What advice are you giving that Rob Gray? Mm. Let's see, 10 years ago. I uh, see I'm already old still. It's not fair. Oh, well then we can go 20 oh, years. Old. We can go we can go 20 years. We can go where, we, where? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's go 20. I just had my 20th wedding anniversary. So congratulations. I appreciate that. Um wait, and, then 20 years ago or now? Jesus, how old? <laughs> say if if where if, that John C. Riley get? You know, if 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 I could, it, yeah, because if I could go sixteen years in the past, <laughs> I, I would have told Tim. Oh boy, is it seven? Oh, seventeen years. If I could go seventeen years in the past, no. Anyway, been a long time. Uh, no, oh, twenty years ago is when I got married. Jesus, how did I know this? Go nuts. Uh, Rob, um, you and I got married the same year. Uh, oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you're still married. So that's time was made. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, first, uh, I will say you're not going to believe some of the shit that's going to happen uh, in this country and <laughs> world. Uh, and, uh, you know, be ready. Uh, you know, love your loved ones, know yourself. Um, because you're going to be confronted with things that will test your character, will test your empathy, will test your, you know, um, resolve to do the right thing and stand for the right things, uh, steadfast. Um, and second of all, I, I would say, you might not know this for sure, but you're going to be fortunate enough to be the father of a daughter and a, and a son. And, uh, you know, be good to them, learn, you know, pass along the good things your parents did for you and, and try to, uh, try to uh, ditch the ones that uh, you remember didn't always make you feel the best or didn't serve you as well. And, you know, I think that's a pretty standard one, but I mean, another one is just, you know, you gotta, don't be afraid to be who you are. You know, sometimes it doesn't pay to be vocal or out there, um, but you've got to stand for something and you've got to believe in something. And, um, you know, if first and foremost, that thing is caring for other people, um, you're going to have a successful life in 20 years from now, you're going to be feeling pretty good, no matter what kind of shit show uh, the world looks like, uh, you know, <laughs> in the future at <laughs> times. Yeah, no, Rob, that's one thing I really appreciate about you is that as a journalist and, and you're, you know, you said that you're sports fan neutral or whatever, and, and you're trying to have, be as objective as possible. One thing I very much appreciated about you is that when there is an issue that matters to you, when there's an issue that you care about, uh, you you don't have to be objective about like human decency. Yeah, right. Right. And and I very much appreciated, very much appreciated that about you is that you are not afraid to still be you and stand up for what you believe in. Uh so I, I really too. appreciate that. I agree. Well, I appreciate that a ton. And I appreciate that from, from you guys too. I mean, me having been been in more of an institutional type media setting, right? You guys have built your network from the ground up, which I'm very impressed by. Um, but I, I kind of feel like a picking your battles is important because you, we're at a time where you're not going to convince the people who don't, uh, 
who, who believe certain things. Uh, sure. You're not going to convince them of anything. So I, I tend to stay out of the frame that yeah, I usually get a boiling point on something and I just have to bend it out a little bit, but I try to do it as constructively as possible. I've had my moments in the past where I really kind of let it fly and um, that doesn't do anybody any favors. Yeah, people who agree with me like it. People who don't agree with me uh, threaten me in my DMs. Uh, <laughs> that's, like, mostly people who I would never know or meet too. Right. That's no, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not really worth it. I think, I think it's about how you live your life, not online, but in real time. And uh, that's, that's the big thing for me. But, but yeah, there are times where I feel like I've got to say something, I'm going to say it and I'm not going to shy away from it. And that's, uh, that's how it is. But no, I, I appreciate how you guys, put yourselves out there as well in the same vein. Well, in the, in the spirit of that, we'll, we'll quickly do this last segment, which is sponsored in part by Steph Copley. Cause when Steph Copley was on our pod, she famously told Tim to shut the fuck up. So she could say something. <laughs> and I decided that that was a great segment. And so we, uh, we asked that people go donate to the young women's resource center in honor of Steph. And this is where Tim and I shut the fuck up and Rob, you get to say whatever you want. Hey, everybody. It's Steph Copley, the woman behind the STFU segment on the Old Man Strength podcast. When I told the guys I wanted to sponsor this segment, they recommended that I make a charitable donation instead. So that's what I did. I chose the Young Women's Resource Center in Des Moines, Iowa. Their nonprofit that supports, educates, and advocates for girls and young women ages 10 to 24. Their whole goal is to make sure that these young women become strong, self-confident, and successful. And if you know me at all, you know that aligns with my goals as well. If you're interested and would like to donate, check them out at ywrc.com org and donate today and remember don't forget to stfu and listen every once in a while thanks well what i want to say right now is 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 might be a little bit disappointing my celtics are kicking butt and i think they've got a real chance to be the first team to come back from down three three oh in the nba playoffs uh get to get it back to boston for game six i'm stoked I couldn't have been more disappointed in how soft a team they were throughout the playoffs and the first three games of this series. Uh, still lots of time left, though. They've blown 20-point leads against the Heat in fourth quarter last year a couple times, so uh, we'll see. But uh, uh, fortunately, since I don't cover the Celtics ever, and I don't think I ever will, I can be a fan, and, and I'm enjoying it because I was a fan of my dad back in the great 80s Celtics era and uh it's just uh just a lot of fun I, I don't know if that's what you were looking for but i had to give a shout out to my celtics because again i thought they were dead in the water they still probably won't do it but it's exciting to see him show some fight that's what i gotta say we'll take no. it it's much better than andrew downs when he talked about how great fran mccaffrey was <laughs> <laughs> no no i hey i appreciate that i'm rooting for your celtics uh i i i don't even hate the heat i think eric spolcher is a great coach uh, uh Jim, jimmy butler was born in september so i know he's a virgo but i've always assumed he was a cancer so uh, <laughs> I just, and I, that is where i'm gonna cut out and put <laughs> online <laughs> so uh, uh no rob uh I know you got to go i just like one last time i want to thank you very much uh you've always been uh, one of my favorite people virtually. So it's great to be able to like sit down and, and have like a real conversation with you. Uh, I really hope that if there's any other time where we have some other like special kind of episode where we could bring you back on, if you would join us, that would mean the world to me. Um, very insightful, very interesting, like even more interesting than I know. You're, you, you're maybe one of the more humble people that we've had on here. So this is amazing. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for the kind words, and I would love to come on again sometime for sure. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you guys reaching out. And again, it's impressive what you guys have, have done. I mean, to it's not easy to, to go, you know, cold into this thing, right? And then build relationships, including some high-profile relationships. Um, that I mean, that's impressive to me. And again, I'm, 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 I, I think I'm a kindred spirit uh, with you guys. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I can't say any time, but uh, I can't say many, <laughs> many more. I can't say many more times. Uh, I'm definitely game to to come on when the timing's right. 
I'll check the Celtics schedule next time. Make sure they <laughs> I assumed they were going to be lost by now. And yeah, I figured they'd be gone too. So I figured they'd be gone by now. So I don't know. Teddy Holly, my buddy's been talking about how they're going to win every game from here on out. So maybe, maybe he might be right. So, oh, Teddy. Well, they'd have to pull the 2004 Red Sox then. They were down three out of the season. That's the go. example of that. But yeah, great to be with you guys. And, and I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely be glad to come on again. All right. Th- Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thank appreciate you, it, fellas. Uh, yeah. Yep. Thank you, listeners, for hopping on with us again. Stick around for all of our pods on threebeardsmedia.com, Bitter Units. I know they're going to release a new one here shortly. Uh, of course, ours, uh, Hot Mess Happy Hour and the, with the Wing Chicks. They've got something planned coming up. Side of the Storm just released a new episode this morning, Like Father, Like Daughter, and False Starts all start the week off. So, Tim, you got anything else to say? No. Go get a house. <laughs> and with that, we are out of here. Thank <laughs> you.